This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it! It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games, and come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, and come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, and come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, and come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words with no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. And come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. And come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Again, everybody, and welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah, back from the metaverse, and I got to tell you, I'm having a blast with the Repop crew and the guests that I'm having, but we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about my thoughts on the My Hero Academia panel that I just did, and it's available now. If you go to findthemetaverse.com, you can check it out there, uh, as well as some upcoming things that are going to be happening all this week as well. But on our talk topic today, we got to talk about Amazon Originals uh, Invincible based on Robert Kirkman's uh, best-selling comic book next to The Walking Dead. I am aware of that, <laughs> but he has uh, a animated series, a adult, very adult oriented animated uh, uh, animation series or animated series, I should say, based on that book. So we're going to talk about the first three episodes of that, but we also going to be talking about the trailer to the new Suicide Squad movie uh, coming up. We're also going to talk about the second episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So let's not waste any time, folks. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. All right, folks, so I want to start by talking about the My Hero Academia panel that I just did with Repop's Metaverse celebrating Anime Week uh, this week, which you can now see if you go to findthemetaverse.com. It is up and available on their website. And I got to tell you, I had a great time, but I am going to also be truthful with you that I was a tad bit nervous. If you guys know, I, you know, I do this show, but I also produce this show and edit this show and do everything to make this as 
quality as possible for this show. So this is the first time that I've done this that only required me to be there to host. I usually, after I host, I do the the, the, the graphics, the, <laughs> the promotion, everything. This is the first time I didn't have to do anything. As great as that sound, it's nerve wracking because you don't know how this is going to turn out, how this is going to be, what they're going to edit or what anything. I was told that everything was great. They enjoyed it. They were, uh, it, it was all good. And to their credit, you know, they, they, they were truthful about it because I watched it myself. I was in the chat room and everything, and it was absolutely enjoyable. Not only was that enjoyable, I also enjoyed reading the chat. I was kind of skeptical whether I was going to read that because it's the internet. So I don't, I, I'm usually skeptical. It's like always somebody is going to have some type of negative feedback, or whatever. Much to my surprise, there was none. In fact, everybody on the chat was awesome. Like this was probably the most positive chat room I've seen in years. Everybody just enjoying the actual panel, loved every bit of it to the point that like they wanted somebody actually said, oh, it's, it's already done. <laughs> that to me was like, okay, that told me enough. Um, but also they were just enjoying their favorite actors of their favorite characters and they were just having so much fun doing this and it was it was a great time i really i am very happy that it all turned out really well i enjoyed myself uh the cast was absolutely great and very such a talented cast over there um just the fact that you have these great 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 people in here that are able to take their time to talk about what they love and uh, shout out to cliff um clifford shapen who is the voice of bakugo he knocked it out. He he he's a not only just an actor, he is a true gamer. He is a he's a hardcore otaku. He knows his stuff, and you will see that. You not only see that in uh in the QA, you also uh hear him talk about that. You could watch the like a clip of it. They did a promo of our QA, which you can find. You could if you're on Facebook, you could see the uh you could go to New York uh, Comic Con's um, Facebook page and you'll see it there. But then there's a link to the YouTube uh, to their YouTube account, which has a six minute promo of it on air. And they show that on air. Now, when you watch the actual full hour of the interview, he says that at the end because I give a question that then he ignites it at the end. But he truly you could tell his fandom. He's not, you know, just an actor. You know, he has a real true fandom for this genre and it's absolutely awesome. All of them do, but you can just hear it in his voice, the passion in his voice, which is so great to hear uh, him do that. And just a lot of really great conversations we had towards how they put things together, how they handle, you know, being behind the booth and everything. And um, Justin Briner, uh, he was just awesome, too. It's just it's just amazing uh, cast. But one of my favorites in there was Monica Real. And I say this because I'm like, I can't believe in my mind, I'm like, I can't believe I'm talking to Bulma from Dragon Ball. <laughs> I mean, and not only that, not only that, because I know that she's Bulma from Dragon Ball and every Dragon Ball uh, series, but also she's the voice of uh, Suyu Asai. And when she goes into that voice, you don't even realize that it's her. It's she's just awesome. It's just one of those, it's like, it is, I, I said this for, for Tadashore, I said this for uh, Kyle Aber. I always had the unofficial Mel Blank Award. And if you don't know who Mel Blank is, you haven't been in, you haven't been a cartoon fan for ages. That's a, that is in fact the voice, 
the original voice of Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, you name it, he's done it. He was the first guy to do all those Looney Tunes guys. And you never noticed the difference between the two because they were so, the range was so far apart from each other. She has that, she has that level. I mean, for her to do the uh, Suyu's voice, it, it's just amazing. And she was just such a delight. All of them were, um, every one of them. Uh, Lucy Christian was just a blast as well. Um, David uh, Matrana or Matranga, I believe. Uh, just, I mean, I, I just loved all of them. They were such a class act, all of them. Go out of your way to check it out. Find metaverse.com. You could check it out there. And as well, this, this is just not the end. I have also done the panel for the original cast of Pokemon. That is, in fact, Rachel Lillis, who, uh, who plays Misty and Team Rocket's Jesse. Eric Stewart, voiced by Brock and Team Rocket's James. And by the way, when you hear me announce that, I, I go blank on that point because I actually called him Jesse as well <laughs> instead. So be prepared for a Freudian slip on that one. Um, you also have Veronica Taylor as the one and only Ash Ketchum on air. And they were, oh, they were beautiful. Yeah, I can't wait for you guys to uh, check that out. Um, I won't even go into detail of that. I'll wait till the next episode um, to talk about that as well. But because that, only because it hasn't released yet. But if you're a fan of the original Pokemon and the series that really helped bring the phenomenon to the table, you are absolutely going to love this, especially the conversation I have with Rachel Lillis on one, at one point in regards to the first Pokemon movie. There was something in there that I absolutely loved that she did. And um, you're not going to want to miss that. So get ready. I <laughs> It's just going to be a lot of fun. Also, that's not all. I am also going to be hosting two trivia shows uh, starting Wednesday. The first one is with the cast of Pokemon as well. So I'll be reuniting with them to do a trivia show that you could be a part of. Uh, so get your smartphones ready and uh, get set. And um, when that time comes, you can get on there and we could test your Pokedex uh, skills and your in your memory of Pokemon uh, lore, both video game, both uh, the anime and more. So definitely we'll, we'll get you tested in there. So stay tuned for that. It's coming Wednesday. And on Saturday, the third, I will be reuniting once again with the cast of Naruto and Naruto Shippuden. Uh, that is, it should be um, Molly, Chris Molly Flanagan will be there. Yuri Lowenthal, Kate Higgins. And I believe Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, the voiceover director, and she plays a few characters in the series as well. She's coming back. I absolutely, one of my favorite people to talk to and one of the most intriguing people of the entire Naruto panel that I did last year because everybody credited her to the help that they had from what they did on that show. So I am not only I, I really want to get her on my show for just for a one on one to talk to her because, uh, you know, her her experience on that show and just anime in general is just amazing. You know, to have that type of, you know, directorial, uh, you know, skills like that. I know there's a bunch of people in the anime um, anime fans or people are aspiring to want to be in the in this world. You need to know the other aspect as well. And I would love to talk to her about that. So we we talked a bit and uh, hopefully we can get together and. Uh, get our schedules together to do that soon so stay tuned for all that anime week is a must for all you otaku out there so that's all i'm going to say about that so what else is out in the world of acmg right now and that is more academia news actually i just forgot the premiere of um season five came out this week for funimation i actually got a chance to see it it's only out on sub right now because the guys uh 
haven't gotten a chance to do it yet, you got to remember that due to the COVID uh, situations, they are uh, delayed in them producing. Before COVID, Funimation had a really, really cool thing that they were doing that they were trying to get these dubs out as fast as uh, the Japanese subs were. And they were for a little bit until COVID came. Everybody was, you know, fleeing over to Texas, but now everybody's reverting to their home to do all their studios there. The good news is, is that if you watched any of the anime that you watched on Toonami or Funimation or whatever, you had that of recent, like Attack on Titans, for instance, or My Hero uh, um, season four, you have not noticed a darn thing because they have produced those so well. A lot of them are doing it from their closet studios, literally. Some of them actually from their closet or others actually created a built a studio in their home that they call a closet studio. So if you notice, if you didn't notice that, you know, if the quality is still really good and you didn't notice, that's a testament of how real, um, great those guys are and just how good, you know, doing it at home is now. So they, who knows, they may be changing the format of that uh, unless they have some new technology that'll make them sound even better than what they've done now. But, you know, it, it really doesn't have, you know, really no need to go to texas unless there's a faster way to get these dubs out who knows we'll see but for now they are delayed due to the circumstances of COVID. but um which means my hero academia they're going to be in the process of um start doing dubs for that soon uh more more sooner to, um than later i suppose with that so but i checked it out and it was okay it was it was more or less a uh a slow opener it, it, nothing really big happened they were doing another class test or whatever like it was it was a very entertaining episode uh entertaining episode but it didn't seem like anything was leading into something big but they are promising some big things happening this season uh that is gonna be awesome so i haven't i i don't read the manga i actually was starting to want to read the manga yesterday um and i may because i do have a, a subscription to uh shonen jump so I may want to jump on it just a bit to see what's uh, up ahead. But I, uh, I I liked it so far. It was, you know, I'm expecting it's all they always do a slow burn episode and then things start to kick in later on. So it was so far so good. It was a really funny, entertaining uh, episode for the first uh, season, for the beginning of the first season. So but what also just released the last bit of my hero news that just released is the announcement of a brand new My Hero Academia movie. And man, this looks awesome. I was totally, I believe I actually caught it from Cliff um, Clifford Chapin's uh, page. And lo and behold, there are there is a new movie coming out in Japan, not in America. And it's coming out August 6th on my, uh, my wedding anniversary, my 16th wedding anniversary. <laughs> So it looks great. It looks absolutely great. It looks like something a little bit more hardcore is coming. Apparently, I don't, I, I can't understand what exactly is going on, but it looks like uh, Midoriya is going to be on a run. They are suspecting him of murder or whatever like that, and he has all of them have brand new gear and new suits and everything. So it, it's it looks the the animation and everything looks spectacular. I, I so can't wait for this. It's called World Heroes Mission. That's going to be the new uh, trailer for it. It was only a teaser, so they really didn't really give too much of what's going on. But some of the scenes that were shown in there was that, you know, Midoriya was uh, wanted for murder of uh, in particular. So that's going to be an interesting premise here. And I don't know, man. 
<laughs> I love their last one. This one is, looks like it's going to be even better and, and deeper. It looks like the stakes are higher. The animation quality has gotten better. And uh, they're going for broke. Even Deku's new um, costume looks even better. So I, I'm all for this. I can't believe how big this anime series has gotten. <laughs> this anime series is seriously. And let me tell you how big this has gotten. Too. Uh, I can't stress this enough. I've said it many a times. But from a video game standpoint, whenever a anime from Bandai Namco from Shonen Jump gets a anime gets gets a dub version that speaks volume of its popularity and i know some people have said well one uh one punch man got it too i'm like yeah but i don't one punch man isn't shonen jump it's a different shonen magazine it's not exactly shonen jump so they probably would get their own dub or whatever but the fact that and, and i and i play and i've played that game too it's not that much dub in there my Hero Academia's One Justice 2 has full-on dub in there from the cast, which we also talk about as well in the uh, t in the Q&A as well. So <laughs> that was uh, really interesting from Clifford Chapin again. But this series has gotten, like, literally, we talk about that. It, it's gotten to the realm of Dragon Ball, Yu Yu Hakusho, um, man, you name it, Bleach. It's in the Mount Rushmore of the top anime of all time and it's just fantastic it's just it's a great series um i can't i can't do it justice as to how awesome it is you got to listen to the uh, q a <laughs> to, to really as he articulates with great passion and conviction as to why you should uh definitely not miss this series in there so um look forward to that coming if it's coming august 6th i'll be very surprised if it ever hits the states at that time i think it's going to hit the states probably I would say I was I would predict maybe November or even 2022, possibly. It's very possible. It depends. Things can quicken up, you know, with everything changing now. So uh, I, you know, I'll be I'll be really surprised if they actually are able to make that happen. So but we there's a lot of my hero happening. I don't know if this was planned either. That's the thing. I, you know, our plans to interview these guys and have them come in and do anime week uh, right at the weekend of the season premiere episode uh, of my hero academia and them re revealing this new movie coming out so good job good great great promotion and branding on their part <laughs> i'm glad to be a part of it so let's talk about the suicide squad movie the new trailer that just came out boy oh boy oh boy oh boy <laughs> there's another red band trailer that just uh released and let me tell you, DC Films is not playing around. Now, I know that Zack Snyder has claimed that he has he will not be doing another suicide, uh, another uh, Justice League movie. I'm not believing that entirely. I am not believing. Maybe he's holding out to possibly get uh, more money out of this because he's proven his point. He's done his job and he's got a lot of praise from it. So I wouldn't be surprised if, in fact, that this is him just holding out to see if he can get more money out of this. I would. <laughs> After all the flack that he had to take and everything that he had, dude, I, I would I would take it up to the booth. <laughs> I don't blame him if that's the case. But I'm not, I don't believe for one minute that he may actually, he may actually uh, not just hang it up. I don't think, I think the bug is gonna come in him. I don't know what else he'll be doing, but you know, 
Well, he actually does have another movie, I think, he, uh, he came out with. But... On Netflix, I believe. But even still, it, it just... I, I can't see it. So, this new Suicide uh, Red Band trailer is hilarious, of course. And it shows the gang all trying to set up and prep to uh, save Holly. John Cena in here is going to be awesome. I think he's, John Cena is going to be the standout of this entire thing. Everybody's back. Um, Amanda Waller's in there and they're trying to find, you know, find her. Lo and behold, she appears out of nowhere like nothing's wrong. <laughs> she wants to, she wants to know if like she needs to go back so they can save her. <laughs> like she's off the wall. So she's me. She's now meeting the entire new squad there and here and everything. And, um, man, this, this movie is going to be awesome. We got new characters in here. Uh, it, I, it's just, I, I can't. And this new weasel looking thing. What the hell is that? We, I, I see this is the part where I need to invest in DC knowledge. Cause there's a lot of new characters that's going to be here. And, and, and I am just confused as hell, but I'm excited as hell as well. Captain Boomerang is back. Um, King Shark also may be the big highlight here. King Shark apparently is voiced by Sylvester Stallone, who's going to be their Groot, pretty much. So this is going to be awesome. This is going to be fantastic. Idris Alba is just, he's going to be this, the, the straight man. It's just like, he, he's not going to be able to tolerate everything. And I like where this is going. And apparently there is a Kaiju amongst this entire thing. And, and that people are very familiar with, uh, Starro that people happen to know about, uh, according to IGN, who made a little bit of a, a fact sheet for everybody as to what this creature is, this, uh, this kaiju like creature, uh, apparently has been around the DC universe forever. Uh, it's an alien with incredible psychic, uh, powers and a fondness for conquering worlds. As long as a piece of Starro's body survives, he can always regenerate. Starro was the first villain the Justice League ever faced. Starro can spawn countless spores that enslave victims' uh, minds. Now, if I'm correct, I as I was watching Justice League Unlimited, that this this uh, creature was appeared on air, and I believe it's the episode, not Justice League Unlimited. It was the, it was Justice League, the first original series. It was the episode where uh, Clark and was what was it? Clark? No, was it Clark? No, it wasn't. It was Clark's birthday, and Batman and Wonder Woman came in to bring him a birthday gift. Lo and behold, this star-like thing was taking over his body and his mind, and that's when he was imagining that he had family, uh, his, his family in Krypton and everything, and everything just wasn't real. And on the, in the real world, both. Uh, Diane and, and Bruce were trying to, you know, get this thing off him for some reason. So I do recall that that may be the same creature that is from that they're basing this on and everything too. So I, it looks absolutely exciting, and I believe this also will be released on August sixth. Yes, my anniversary as well. So, oh my goodness, thank goodness for HBO Max because going to the movies on that day would have been impossible. So I will, thanks to them, I will be able to catch up regardless of what I do on that day and get a chance to watch it and enjoy it as well. And by that time, we should be absolutely vac vaccinated and God knows what what else is going to happen during uh, by the time this comes out. So I'm looking very much forward to that. You know what else I'm looking forward to? 
Kong versus um, Godzilla, which is coming out. And I believe just three days from now. So I am for the first time, I'm actually excited about a Godzilla film because I'm telling you when I reviewed Godzilla some years ago back, I was highly disappointed in a movie. And I wasn't the only one. I was in the theater with everybody else. Remember that? And apparently Brian Cranston, which everybody loves, was in there and only a quarter of the movie he lasted because he died. And with that, all of our excitement in that theater, it was so quiet when we in that theater from the entire time. And the only thing we were just waiting for was for Godzilla to fight. No, it sucked. That movie sucked so bad. It was just drama, drama, dra Brian Cranston, Brian Cranston, who was just, who just lit up the entire screen. He dies. Drama, 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 drama. And then we get like, what, five minutes of fighting from Godzilla. I was so pissed at this movie. So much so that I decided to ward myself off a Godzilla film. And you know what? The second time I gave it a chance was the anime on Netflix. And that was boring too. This one looks to be the charm. I hope, by goodness, I hope that this is good because if I am not excited, if I'm not entertained by this movie that is supposed to be based on two classic, iconic, you know, uh, figures in Hollywood, I will retire myself from every Godzilla film I've ever watched. That probably isn't the originals. I, I it just, I just can't America get it together. Yes, it is America's fault that we can't get a good Godzilla movie out of here because they want to make it to Hollywood. They just make it action packed. And this one looks like that's what it's going to be. So there, here's that to you. All right. Last bit of news or last bit of talking on this segment is the second episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, this this episode. I mean, the first episode had me rolling, had me going, talking about, um, you know, pretty much uh, Anthony Mackie's character, you know, Sam Wilson, passing on the shield over to the Smithsonian Museum, only for the government to take that and give it to John Walker, AKA Captain America, AKA as comic book fans know him as US agent, AKA the biggest jerk in the entire Marvel comic universe. So that's how that ended, but it starts off this episode starts off with John Walker in a football locker room, uh, appearing very nervous about his appearance in front of his old high school, where he will be interviewed by Sarah Haynes, the real Sarah Haynes of Good Morning America. And yes, he is going to be in the Good Morning America. Now, for those who don't know, the connection between Good Morning America, Marvel Comics and Disney Plus is that Good Morning America is on ABC and ABC is owned by Disney. Disney also owns Marvel. Ergo, you got this little really cute connection here. And I thought it was I thought it was awesome because it, it really brought some reality based type of situation and molding it into the, you know, fictional side, the fantasy side of things. So yeah, I really liked that they did that. And she did really, really well. Like she's not an actor. She's just she's she is a she's media, you know, but she she's professional. She it was like she was really interviewing this person. She was interviewing somebody named John Walker. And I I was very happy that they were able to, you know, go off and, and do this without a hitch. So a woman appears 
to confront him in this uh, locker room. She happens to it. They don't say it, but it it, it just is kind of obvious. She happens to be his wife, who also was his high school sweetheart as well. She talks about like how she used to sneak into the locker room to see him. And I must note that his wife is African-American or his love interest is African-American, which is very interesting uh, to the character development of U.S. agent in particular for this uh, universe. After consoling John, she leaves as his army partner, Lamar Hopkins, a.k.a. Battlestar, appears to give him one last pep talk before getting ready to appear in front of the crowd. Uh, Battlestar is, in fact, a character in the Marvel Universe who also teams up with U.S. Agent as well. So everything's coming into fruition here. All the, the molding of the 616 is being apparent here. Uh, the new Captain America comes out to a roaring crowd filled with people cheering, wanting to take pictures with him and signing autographs of action figures. I want to talk about the significance of this scene. I feel like it was tailored to assure us, and I mean, quote unquote, us, um, the, the black community, I'm pretty sure, that the U.S. agent wasn't considered racist or that his ideology is of racist intent. And I say this because of the episode last week and everything that was kind of going on last week, the kind of underlying theme of how uh, black people are treated in America. That theme is now heavily put on to this episode even more. It's, it's more evident in here because of what has happened in this episode. So, and I can attest to this too, because the minute that we saw them announce a new Captain America and he just happened to be white and they didn't even consider, you know, trying to talk Sam into doing it. They gave it to this gentleman who apparently from what we saw in the scene where um, the interview was going off and they had footage, he can really handle himself really well. Like he legit, can, he, he handles the shield as good as Captain America. He may not have the strength and agility as Captain America, but he can hold his own. He's a little, just a little bit more vulnerable than him. So at this time, at least. And this was very, very interesting. Um, so when they announced him, me personally and, me, and a few other people as well, automatically thought like, oh, here we go. Now they're going to try to whitewash this whole thing again. And no, that's, that's apparently not the case here. And to John Walker's credit, even though he is... He did turn up to be somewhat of a jerk like character as you go along on this episode. He was he did come off as a guy who at best just he was he was all about he's as patriotic as, as he as we should be in terms of just wanting to protect this country no matter who you are. And his uh alliance with with his wife with Hopkins and the embrace of the high school and, and alumni in the community in there which by the way there was a band there was a marching band there i, I of course i i've gone to public school so i've never seen this before but the whole atmosphere the whole setup looked like that of a hbcu <laughs> i was i was really i'm like when i found out this was a high school band i was like what this looks the whole setup everything looks like a hbcu setup and it was great and it was like over the top and everything, but I was like, wow, they're really trying to convince us like this guy, we shouldn't hate him. If anything, we shouldn't hate him for that. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was just interesting. Um, 
I, I, I'm looking forward to this. I am looking forward to seeing how they develop him because it's like there are parts of him that you, that's a comes off like a good guy, but there's other parts of him that we're there. It looks like we're going to see him become the U.S. agent that we know from the comics. And if that's the case, you, you can't really have a heart for this guy, but for so much in here. So I, I just really thought that was interesting. The budding rivalry continues with Sam and Bucky, who come after watching the new uh captain america on tv he just decides like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna see uh sam about this because i'm pissed off as they um they both argue as uh sam is about to head off to look uh for the flag smashers they have this little bit of back and forth and about why sam decided to get rid of shield the same way uh Rhodes did last week but a little bit more ang uh, angrily <laughs> this time around this also results in one of the first of many funny scenes in this episode where they argue about the three the three big ones. And since their experience with everything going on in the MCU, they've only experienced three things. Androids, aliens, and wizards, to which Bucky says there's no such thing as wizards, yet Sam believes Doctor Strange is a wizard. And Bucky relates that, no, he is not a wizard. A wizard is somebody from The Hobbit. And Sam stops it like, wait, you read The Hobbit? Like, yes, I read The Hobbit, the very first edition uh, that was released in 1937. <laughs> that was uh, that was a really cool back and forth right there. Um, we also saw the Flag Smashers in action as Bucky and Falcon disc uh, discovered that uh, these guys are actually super soldiers. So some way, somehow they have developed the ability to have the super soldier serum. And, you know, they're now out there doing freedom fighting and whatnot. They are a group looking to make things the way it was for uh, during the last five years where billions of people disappeared at the hands of Thanos, the blip as they, what they call it. However, we learn in the, we learned that the Flag Smashers, I should say, aren't really exactly terrorists bent on world domination, but you know, they, they're pretty much just, they're trying to find a better way for everybody to live. And this is gonna be, this is like another civil war type of situation. They are even receiving support from uh, people around the world to uh, assist them in their pursuit. So it's a this is an interesting conversation. You know, this is kind of I don't want to say it's uh, fantasy based on reality, but we're having similar political you know differences right now in, in the real world here too. So it's it's really kind of interesting that they're focusing on this. We also see them in action in a high impact moment involving the Flag Smasher member uh, Carly, played by Aaron Kellyman, showing what she has to offer. And my goodness, she is a beast. She is a an entire like the first scene where she comes in in a truck and she apparently has the power of a super soldier and handle Bucky with ease. Thankfully and unfortunately, they got an assist from U.S. agent and uh, and and Battlestar I tell you man this was amazing like she was no joke one of my favorite scenes in here is when she played like a very like an innocent you know you know person a hostage or whatever and she get she had this look on her face and all of a sudden she smiled and the grin was so evil just, just the transformation of an evil grin leading to her kicking Bucky out of the truck and into another truck it was awesome <laughs> and not only that she oh my god she the way she walked she walked she had the, what, it, what was called the BMF walk, which is something that um, the ter a term created by Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's bad mother F walk, pretty much. And I like 
she i was like i was so amazed i'm like dude i, I would have thought there was a guy walking for a minute there like she had she came and handled herself like a gangster in this thing uh, a lot of funny moments though including seeing bucky pull a uh, steve rogers move by jumping out of plane without a parachute which doesn't turn out uh the same way he actually falls on himself and unfortunately you know we we never now take note we never do see steve rogers actually land we just see him we just seen him fall off we but bucky here we see him fall off and he just he took an l he took a major l while doing this though we seen red wing recording this entire thing and sam wilson throughout this entire episode he stayed trolling he just he does nothing but troll bucky this entire time it's hilarious one of the biggest and most intense scenes of this episode though comes when bucky reveals to sam that there's another captain america that there was another captain america this entire time everything that they've gone through there was another captain america a black captain america for the uh for that matter one even Steve didn't even know about because Steve was uh, was in ice the entire time when this when they created um, this one. This is no ordinary super soldier, though. This is, in fact, none other than Isaiah Bradley. And if comic book fans, you know this name. This was, in fact, the first black Captain America played by Carl Lumbly. Uh, you guys know him as John Jones father on in the Arrowverse. He is also Mantis. He's played um, John Jones in the Injustice League Unlimited Injustice League. Uh, he looked awesome. He looked a hell of a lot in shape. He was he was swollen and saying he looked like a super soldier here. And it was a very intense scene uh, in the MCU. He fought during the korean war and was used to overpower the opposers however unlike steve he was anything but celebrated in the same fashion as steve rogers was as captain america and instead they he, he, instead of treating him like a hero uh, the way steve was portrayed the government locked him up for 30 years and during that time he was treated inhumanely and experimented on this was pretty much taking shades of the real life actions and events based on the government performing experiments on the Tuskegee Airmen. And you got to understand this, people. This, to a lot of people in my community, this can be very triggering. And I say this because this is the exact reason why people are in my community are afraid to get vaccinated. Because they're looking back at that time and basing it on what happened there. Now, I can't speak as to whether people are going through it. and obviously obviously we're not exactly going about it in exact same way that happened back then but it's a scary thing to know that at one point or another my predecessors my ancestors going through stuff like this and from a generational standpoint it creates a self-fulfilling prophecy it creates a level of fear that we have to see this and to know this and there's a part of me that kind of understands why people in my community does not want to be vaccinated and doesn't trust the science. But also, I know a part of it is that they don't research the science. And if they have, then they may be a little bit more confident to do so. So a lot of it is just based on fear. And a lot of it is just the attempt to try to find out for yourself to get that true answer. But it still doesn't mean that you can't be affected by what has happened to our Tuskegee Airmen back then. These brave soldiers 
who fought in the war that they wanted them to and then afterwards treat it like like lab experiments i totally get it who wouldn't who 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 would with humane mindset would so it this was a really good scene and it really hit home in a lot of reasons um bucky's bucky's well first of all isaiah kicked both of them out because he was very frustrated took a metal box, threw it to the wall so fast and so hard that it patched a hole to the wall. So you know this dude had a super soldier serum in him. And they were basically the reason why they revisited him was because they were trying to find out where the serum is coming from, who might actually have it or whatever like that. They were trying to look for answers. Isaiah was so traumatized by his experience, he didn't want to go through it again. He didn't want to talk about it again. And because of that, he just immediately just kicked him out. I mean, the dude probably has PTSD times 20 after that. You know, can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine that? So as they left, Sam, Bucky got into it in the street. Sam was highly pissed that they didn't tell him that there was another Captain America, let alone a black Captain America. I don't blame him. Unfortunately, this leads into a whole nother situation because guess who comes in the middle of their conversation? And I forgot where they were. It was, but it was some, it was in a hood. It was on the neighborhood and the cops come. So things even gets worse because the cops pulled up in the middle of their argument. The cops are ready while well, uh, ready to, you know, do what the cops or have been known to do for the past year or so in 2020 while asking Bucky if, you know, this man was, you know, bothering him. This man being Sam Wilson, Sam Wilson, who is the Falcon an Avenger, the man who Say, you know, put his life on the line to save the universe. Meanwhile, Bucky is an ace is an assassin. <laughs> okay. Bucky is a, a he was pardoned, but he has had more bodies than Sam has ever had. And Sam was within the law to do it. That man was an assassin, yet they treated him like a normal, innocent bystander and citizen. It wasn't until the cop who recognized who Sam was whispered in his other in his partner's ear and told him who he was. And the eye and the look on the other cop's face was like, oh, I am so sorry. I am definitely sorry. Now take note, they were the entire neighborhood was out and looking right at him. So they knew they were wrong. But in hindsight of all this, it wasn't entirely clear as Bucky was arrested. In the meantime, not because of the argument, but because uh, he missed out on therapy. We go to the precinct where Sam met up with the therapist who Bucky has been seeing and Buck, uh, Sam thought that he was belling, uh, that she bailed him out. No, it was not. In fact, it was John Walker who bailed him out. And this led into the, you know, the two going into therapy before she pardoned Bucky. <laughs> this was very interesting. Apparently the therapist and Buck and, and John Walker, you know, they, they served together. So that's why, that's where that connection came in. So they had this little moment. This is where the staring competition came in and all that stuff. And, you know, now I do want to point out there was a very touchy moment in this scene where Bucky reveals why he is really pissed at Sam. And that's basically because Cap forgave him and he entrusted him the same way he entrusted Sam to have that shield. And by Sam giving away that shield, it meant that Steve wasn't right. And that means he wasn't right about him being able to 
redeem himself for all that he has done when he was a sleeper agent and i thought that was a really opening touching scene that even the therapist didn't even get out so i thought that was pretty emotional and quite honestly it was an awesome scene to see bucky in that state it didn't turn out that they were going to get along with each other anyway and sam decided like after we finish this mission we'll be completely out of each other's lives and all that stuff so they wind up leaving they talked to john walker and and uh lamar and you know they want to team up with those two because they feel that together they can really make moves bucky and sam is not having it they said look you're still within law we have a little we can have a little bit more liberties than you do so you'll be holding us back and john walker was not happy so he said look if you come across me just you know stay out of my way so this is leading to the end where they're still trying to find clues because they have none on how uh, all these super soldiers have come in bucky does the one thing that he never wanted to do and that was meet up with the one person that could give him the answer and that is none other than baron zemo we then go into the end sequence and they show a little clip of baron back in uh his holding cell or whatever like that so next episode we're going to see the debut and return of baron zemo this was an absolutely another great episode. Marvel Studios is doing fantastic so far. We got four more episodes left to this miniseries, and I don't know what the hell's gonna happen. I, 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 my prediction is though, this is gonna lead to John Walker becoming US agent. We might see him in the black suit. We may actually also see Sam as Captain America. I think that's what this is leading to. So I am looking forward to it. This was awesome. I watched this about like, I think two, three times already. Um, both episodes actually. And I'm enjoying it so far. I cannot wait till all this is over and we get the low key one and we get the what if one, which is coming soon. I think the what if is the next thing to come. And I could just watch all this on Disney Plus. Disney Plus is such the best investment ever. I swear to goodness, in terms of uh, streaming apps, uh, you know, streaming apps and all that stuff. Just love it. So folks. That will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and I'm going to review Amazon Originals um, Invincible, Robert Kirkman's best-selling, well, not, I would say second best-selling comic book in Image Comics, and now it's in animation form. We're going to talk about all the crazy things that happen right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time live.com talktomlive.com provides all of our acmg content with new and previous episodes exclusive interviews articles and much more visit talktomlive.com and let us help you learn to let go live life and love all things acmg talk time live this is charlotte chung and fred tattashore and you're listening to acmg presents talk time live do it and now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait! Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and this is my review of Invincible. The first three episodes of the series, actually. Uh, this is Amazon Originals' new animated feature based on Robert Kirkman's uh, comic book on from Image Comics. And... 
I gotta say, I, this is a book that I always wanted to check out, but I never did. And I've read The Walking Dead before, which is who didn't read The Walking Dead? <laughs> that was an unbelievable comic book, still is. Um, but that's where basically where Robert Kirkman's fame come from. He also created Invincible, you know, to get his comic, his, you know, traditional comic book fix in. But this is no traditional comic book. OK, not by the least. This is every bit as chaotic, cryptic, cynic, uh, jaded as books like the Watchmen, Kick-Ass or, you know, even the boys. Like it's all there. It's all in that realm. And it, it's made to come off like your traditional DC Marvel type of deal. But then it just gets completely dark. And had I known this, I probably would have jumped on this a long time ago. Now, with this, since I never got a chance to actually check out or read the book, this is going to help me understand why I should read this book. And let me tell you, I'm going to now go after this book and read it because this was just I, I'm, I'm now interested in seeing how close to the original this was because this this was an incredible first three episodes and it's very entertaining it's very fun but then it gets very dark and jaded it, it trust me when i tell you we're going to talk about i'm going to go through the first episode thoroughly and then kind of just you know ride ride the wave of the other two episodes so i'm not going to go too thoroughly on the other two episodes but the it, i need to really detail what's going on in the first episode because then everything else just flows with it from there but not only did i love the first three episodes but also the amount of star power in this show like i'm gonna read off some people in the show and it's still not enough as to how like the, i'm talking oscar winning talent all coming together to do this series and it's a testament of robert kirkman okay it's a really it, it, there is a testament to you know his level of storytelling and and and, and uh character development it's it man i mean there's some things that are cliche in here but it was it's meant to be but then it just completely twists itself so let's just get down to it and just to know comiXology which if you own a, a amazon prime account you will be able to read the actual original episodes and series digitally um through kindle and and other formats on your or, or i believe the uh, the comiXology uh app as well which is also owned by amazon so there you go uh go out of your way to check it out go out of your way to check it out but all, i would say check this out first and then go back if you haven't read it check out this this series first then go back to the book and see how close they are in terms of uh you know connecting to the source see what they changed around it'll be interesting to see because you know if we watched the walking dead for years but we also know that it was somewhat close to the source but they did change things around like uh certain people on the show what died a long time ago in the comics like they like they shouldn't like it glenn which by the way he's the he is um mark grayson in this in this series he's the main character he is invincible thank goodness because he deserves this role um after what he went through on the walking dead um he's partially the reason why i stopped watching the walking dead after after negan killed glenn it just took all life out of me it, it, it really did it was hard to watch after that events of everything but uh, that wasn't a real actual absolutely main reason but it was one big one i was you know i knew he was gonna die but it just it it took so much out of me when that happened 
<laughs> oh man, that was that was interesting. But I digress. Uh, you will be able to check it out then. But um, each episode, I should say, is awesome because it's each episode is forty minutes long. And I wasn't first of all, I wasn't expecting them to release three episodes and didn't let alone it all be in the course of 40 minutes each uh roughly i believe the first one was 48 the second one is a little bit like 45 or something and the other one is 43 or 42 but that's still almost roughly an hour of animated action and and, and, and drama and storytelling and and comedy is just really well done so let's get down to it we start the first episode with a with a scene at the White House, uh, it starts off with two White House guards talking when the Mauler twins, played by Kevin Michael Richardson, like if you watch animated series after all this time, you know Kevin Michael Richardson's voice. And if for those of you who don't know who that is, this guy is everywhere. He is a prominent actor in the world of animation. He is portrayed on Family Guy to Mortal Kombat. He's the the narrator, uh, the narrator of Mortal Kombat. He is the finish him guy, the the recent guy. Um, he does a lot in the like. Look at his his entire IMDb is miles long, and this guy does it all. And they pick him perfectly for the perfect roles. He has that deep voice, and you can't. He's just one of those guys you you, you have to add to your roster with him. It's just a no brainer, especially for um. For animated you know comic book series and he's been on from here to a lot of dc shows as well um trust me he is the dude so in this in this particular series he's the Mueller twins who are these we don't know exactly what they are now i of course again i didn't read the book so i don't know thoroughly who these guys are but they're a bunch of overpowered twins that apparently may be clones of, of, of something and each of them claim that the other one is you know tries to convince that the other one is not the real one and they're the original one and this is an ongoing gag throughout like these episodes here with them and it's really funny but they're also very overpowered bullets don't phase them they can they have a high tolerance of pain um they're pretty much juggernauts in a, in a case i, I do want to point out there's a lesson in this episode and it's just one scene here if you see that there is beings out there living beings who are bulletproof and you may be a cop or some form of law enforcement and you see this do not continue to think your little pistol is gonna work run away <laughs> just run away completely here it, it's it's just no point like they had cannons and in 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 the semi-automatic weapons pointing at these guys and shooting at these guys and, he, and every bit of the arsenal was repelling like it was they were just bouncing off their bodies so you want to take it upon yourself to shoot at the same people who did not have any penetration of bullets coming their way I never understand. I isn't it's not just this series. It happens all the time in every single superhero comic book series, whether it's live action or it's you know animated form or even video game. It just never fails. You see 
bullets don't work. If you don't have anything past bullets, maybe a rocket launcher or whatever, and even if that doesn't work, bounce. Like, I know your duty is to, like, stay and defend, but if you don't have the means to defend, bounce. <laughs> Fight another day. Try to find something else. Like, it's one thing to be a pawn, but just because you're a pawn doesn't mean you have to think, like, it doesn't mean that you really have to be a pawn. <laughs> like, if you see the things that are not happening, you tell it. You get out of there. You know, I, I wish for once I see that in a TV series that somebody just does not stand there and keep like while they're especially when they're like only like five to three to five feet away from you. Bounce. <laughs> OK, thankfully, before they were going to kill this uh, guy, um, the, the Guardians, uh, this group of heroes called the Guardians of the Globe came in at the nick of time you know, traditional superhero thing. All was almost lost because these guys were actually, the guardians of the globe was still almost really not enough uh, for them until Omni-Man comes in and helps uh, the band of heroes. Omni-Man played by JK Simmons, AKA J Jonah Jameson <laughs> of the Spider-Man films, most notably for the Spider-Man films, uh, comes to save the day. He is their Superman. I don't know the, the premise behind Omni-Man, but it's no stranger to anybody who even does, who did not even didn't read this book. That Omni-Man looks an awful, awful lot like J. Jonah Jameson. And it's no coincidence that it is played, that he is played by J.K. Simmons. Okay. There's absolutely none. So basically in this universe, you got a guy who looks like J. Jonah with superpowers, which is scary. Alone, <laughs> and it gets scarier as time goes by trust me so we then go home to uh go to the home of mark grayson and his mom debbie played by steven yon again glenn from the walking dead and sandra oh for, of gray's anatomy like again the star power is kicking in so it just it's only going to get better from here uh they both watch omni-man who is the father and, and husband of the two on TV with no really concern or worry because this is something that he does all the time. They're used to him dominating everything and defending the earth as greatly as he possibly can. Mark wants to take uh, on the duties of his father, but uh, but he has yet to actually develop uh, powers like his dad. He hasn't gone through the super puberty phase yet. I, I take it here. So um, while in high school, Mark and his friends uh, see a girl named Amber played by Zazie Beats. Uh, from Atlanta and Domino from Deadpool 2. Love her. Uh, she gets harassed by the school bully named Todd. And uh, Mark steps up to the bully, or steps up to Todd, I should say, only to get punched in the nose, which gives Amber time to take the opportunity to sneak uh, attack Mark by kicking him where it really hurts. So um, the two begin a somewhat subtle connection as a result of that, and uh, to be continued with that. While working a shift at a burger joint, pretty much Mark uh, is seen taking out the trash. Two heavy bags, to be honest, and um, one of them he struggles with and puts it in the in the trash uh, compact uh, in a big trash bin. And the other one, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he tried to toss it in, but he ends up tossing it into space, which then tells him he finally got his powers and he finally kicked in. So. We then see the family at home as Mark reveals that to his mother 
and Omni-Man and he finally has powers. Omni wasn't entirely thrilled to hear this news, yet uh, Debbie forced him to respond. And a lot of this has to do with the fact that Mark was supposed to have these powers like at a younger age and he's finally getting, getting them now. And he's caught off guard with it, as happy as he is. So we then see a flashback where Omni tells a younger Mark that uh, where that he is from a distant planet named Viltrum. Uh, he tells him that he is a half-breed who will soon develop the same powers as him. Mark, meanwhile, going back to the uh, to the present time, Mark is so excited about the possibility that he can fly and uh, he starts to practice in the middle of the night and also coming close to killing himself by crashing into space uh, or crashing to a plane. Even worse, he goes so high that he ends up in space losing oxygen. We learn later on something about how he needs to handle that, of course. Um, he then fades out, crashes into the ground in front of his house. Omni-Man uh, in this show is going to help him train in the morning. Now, I got to say, the thing I love about Omni-Man here is that he comes off like a like the greatest father ever. Like there's so many moments that he has with Mark where he's this loving, caring, protective father that wants to show him the ropes, that wants to teach him right, all the morals and everything. He's the every father that you every every kid wants to have. You know, the, the father that will always be proud of your son, regardless of whatever, but he will be stern with you if need be. You know, he he's the, the quintessential father. That's how he's portraying himself. And there's a reason why I said it like that. Too. Uh, so, yeah, he, I mean, he he's just he's just awesome for this part. But hold on to that thought for a while while you can. While he is conforming, conf uh, comforting, uh, he is very stern and he, you know, he, he tells him, he tells Mark straight. He's like straight up with Mark, but even in training, he, uh, goes into like, he gets really stiff with Mark and punched the living crap out of him. Uh, noticeably the two, well, basically, let me, let me not bury the leader. Basically the reason why he did that was because he wanted to make sure that he was ready because in he's you know he's told him like not everybody's gonna pull punches in the world so you gotta be prepared you gotta be ready for this so noticeably when the two return home mark goes upstairs a beaten man after omni hits him extremely hard debbie asks uh if omni is going too hard on, uh on him to which he begins to respond to her aggressively which is something that he has never done before uh, this will be the first of many changes Debbie notices throughout the three episodes uh, about him. Mark comes back to school only for Todd to come back and bully him again. This time, Mark embraces the beatdown knowing it no longer hurts him and affects him. Mark did not retaliate at all, even though he really wanted to. He, he really wanted to take it out on something. So he displaced his anger by patrolling the city and he finds a crime scene involving two crooks and a supervillain named Titan, played by, of all people, Mahershala Ali. Yes, Oscar-winning Mahershala Ali, a.k.a. The Prowler on uh, Enter the Spider-Verse, a.k.a. Every everything. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Cottonmouth, people. Um, you know, I, I, let me, before I even go further, 
because there's going to be even more celebrity mentions in this series but we got to talk about how years ago i'm talking like in the 80s like if you're listening now you weren't born in the 80s you won't understand this you if you lived in the 90s uh i grew up in the 90s and then started watching comic book movies and tv series and and now i don't think you would totally understand the significance of how things have changed because you would not see the caliber of 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 talent that is in this series do this series back in the 80s because it was frowned upon to do tv shows like this like anime wasn't even taken seriously it's it's you know as mainstream as anime is now first of all the term anime didn't come in and kick in until like the late 80s early 90s and before that people just acknowledged it as cartoons when we were watching battle of the planets and all that stuff and and um star blazers and everything but robert redford (laughs) okay uh pierce brosnan like actors like that like really high caliber established actors like that who would most likely be in oscar winning movies back in the 80s that mentality that ideology would never have been because them being a part of a quote-unquote comic book movie or superhero movie was frowned upon it was like it's it's a career killer for for most people um not so much now now we have these extremely established uh talent that are going out of the way to and with the idea of okay this is a comic book movie but i want to make it so good that it actually can be considered quality you know a quality medium hence the dark knight we got the dark knight and we got joker with that were both oscar winning movies with oscar winning actors in there and i'm telling you man it's it's this would not have happened like robert redford playing um alexander pierce on the winter soldier would have never done this in the 80s i guarantee you and it's just awesome and i think the a lot of the reason why a person like like somebody like pierce brosnan or even um robert redford would even take on this because the script is actually good there's some there's some really awesome storytelling elements in here that is very convincing and i think you know to that extent this is why things have changed because people actually were able to go out of the box and you know appreciate this narrative for what it is it is actually great storytelling and there's some realistic elements to it it's not just you you know da 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 and every single time it's not full action there is some character development there's some storytelling like if you watch the punisher or you watch uh daredevil and all this like there's some in in in, um jessica jones there's some deep deep conscious storytelling jessica jessica jones got a peabody award you would who would have thought that that would happen (laughs) you know back then now it's common that that's not the case back there so it's it's i think people should really take time to appreciate the level and quality that is always being brought into these type of projects because we have never seen the light of this decades ago and this is a deep thing this is an awesome thing so i digress they basically what happens here is that um while taking out the enemies uh of course mark took out uh titan while taking out the enemies and he is trying to figure out a name omni uh, somehow finds him and lectures him once again in father form 
uh, on what he needs to do in those circumstances because he was doing creating a lot of collateral damage doing all of this and he's still trying to control himself he's in what i call um greatest american hero mode and you know again if you're around in the 80s you know that reference so uh and if you don't google it kids they get into an argument where mark wants to prove that he is worthy to become a, a hero like him and he really shows that he is very passionate about and very serious about doing this to help cheer him up Omni-Man takes Mark to see a man named Art Rosenbaum, played by everyone's favorite Joker, Mark Hamill, uh, who is going to des uh, design his official suit. Art wants to build him the perfect suit, but he needs Mark to um, give him a name that will help inspire that, that creation. We then see Mark practicing his flying and crashing and his landing, or his crashing, <laughs> or his crash landing i should say uh you know all at night debbie is upset with him his mother uh as he is still up in the wee hours of the night and tells him to go to bed and get ready for school mark is not trying to hear this and all of a sudden because uh he because of his new powers he's trying to flex some authority here and disobeys her asking her to make him he is getting every bit as aggressive like his father Yet Debbie is far from intimidated by this and knows exactly what is going on and she catches him on it. So they wind up having a nice, you know, heart to heart talk and they, he ends up going to bed after all. We then get another lecture moment from Omni where while they play catch hundreds of feet in the air as they throw the ball around the world. Like Omni's on one side, Marcus on the other. Omni's throwing it on one side of the world. It goes directly around to the other. And he catches it there. Mark finally comes up with a name. And it's during this lecture, they have this little moment. But, you know, in hindsight, Mark finally realizes what he wants to call himself. So he comes up with the name and Invincible is born. And with that, his confidence and control of flying all of a sudden uh, appears as well. As he is flying into the city, an explosion is heard uh, and seen in the city. Turns out it is a villain by the name of Kill Cannon, played by one of my favorite actors that I ever got a chance to interview and, and, and host, Fred Tattashore. <laughs> Causes all sorts of havoc here. And uh, again, the cops are firing and it does nothing until Invincible comes in the beating uh, and beats him around the block a few times. Uh, after falling to the ground, Kill Cannon looks up, uh, up at the floating mark as he tells him his new name and all of a sudden the credits grow up and you see the invincible logo now this happens a lot throughout all three episodes there's always going to be moments where they do the um where the logo comes up because there's always a, for some reason a means to say you know to say invincible in a sentence and that's what just tosses up so that you don't hear you never hear them actually say invincible they, the logo and the credits roll up from that point however this show is not yet over. We see a bunch of scenes where the Guardians of the Globe that Omni helped out at the White House was being contacted to return to base. They all meet at a base at the base only to find out that Omni-Man set them up. And things get insanely dark and gritty as Omni-Man brutally and I mean brutally kills every one of the members of the Guardians. This scene was truly a fatality fest. If you are a Mortal Kombat fan, you will 
appreciate the level of violence that has happened in this. I mean, things went completely 180 here. Omni Man passes out after killing the entire team, which also makes it appears like he was being taken out himself by a strange, a mysterious figure. That's how the that's how episode one ends. Episode two and three, uh, we see the next two episodes has Mark um, taken over the helm while Omni is in recovery after he obliterated that team. Meanwhile, an investigation has begun on what actually happened to the Guardians of the Globe and who killed them. Among all of that, an interdimensional alien invasion uh, has occurred, led by Martian Emperor, played by Dijon uh, Huntsu, uh, or uh, Jamon Huntsu, uh, who is mostly famous for uh, playing as uh, Shazam and uh, Shazam, or Merlin and Shazam. And of course, Guardians of the Galaxy is one of the decree. And Blood Diamond, of course. And Beauty Shop, of course. You know, he's that dude. And he's Black Panther. I, for, I, I, I forgot. I, I can't stress that enough. He is Black Panther. For those who don't know, there was a motion comic series for Black Panther. Awesome. One that came out uh, on BET. It might actually um, be on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube, the HD versions. And he played uh, T'Challa on air another great series that has a lot of awesome talent in there as well so one and also one of the uh, last things we saw stanley and his uh up here do voice work in as well mark uh teams up with a new team of teenagers uh superheroes in order to stop the invasion while his father is recovering in the second episode we don't get a we do get a funny appearance by the alien named alan played by none other then Seth Rogen. I just love this series. I mean, just for the talent alone. This is this is not like your normal voice cast. This is like upper echelon actors coming in to do this. This is just awesome. Uh, in a miss with also really famous established uh, voices as well. So one of the funniest characters in the series so far and by far is Rexplode played by Jason uh, Matsukas of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. If you guys seen that dude, and he's been in a few movies as well, he is chaotic. He is hilarious. I mean, his whole entire look just looks like he he got TNT exploded on him, and his hair is just like everywhere. But he's crazy. He is funny as hell, and he is ever so funny on this show as uh, Rex Blue. We also uh, have Zach, uh, Zachary Quanto, Siler from Heroes and Spock from the Star Trek series playing uh, the character Robot, who actually is just a robot, uh, as well as Jillian Jacobs from Community as Eve, or Adam Eve uh, is the whole entire name of her, who sparks a friendship with Mark that Rex, her boyfriend, doesn't seem to like. And that's, that leads into some really interesting, crazy things as well. There's also uh, this insane scene where Omni-Man goes into the time portal from uh, that the Martians invade in. And the deal with the Martians was funny because it was like they come in, they're coming from a different time, but they can't handle the time stream. So they get old really quick and they actually come. They actually then retreat. So they come three days later, but in their time, it's been a decade so they come back in time like three days later to invade this time trying to you know get over on them not you know dying because of the time frame 
because of these devices that they have but the uh, teen the new teen hero actually realizes this and they defeat him so the third time they come in which is like decades later again they come again and this time they're way more advanced and it just gets crazy but this time omni man comes in and goes into that portal practically destroys the planet that keeps invading earth so you know he doesn't come back and when he comes back he comes back fully bearded and everything meanwhile there also is a an actual investigation going on by this agency and by um this this uh demonic figure who ha just happens to be a detective uh the supernatural detective named damien dark uh Darkhold or Darkblood, played by one, the one and only Clancy Brown. Can I say how much this man doesn't get enough credit for how awesome he is? Clancy Brown, for those who watch Highlander back in the day, to Kurgan, what I, I dare say, one of the greatest voices, not only in live action, but possibly on an animation. He actually is known for playing a ton of different characters. I most favorably know him from playing Lex Luthor in the Superman animated series and the Justice League series as well. He's the best Lex Luthor non-live non action, bar none. But he is just incredible. His voice is incredible. Everything he plays in is awesome. And he does just the same. So he plays this, this demonic detective who is investigating who really killed the guardians of the globe and immediately knows that it was omni man he has this ability to you know really get the the, the scoop on things a little bit quicker than most so one of the funniest characters uh oh i already did this part too as well but um we see both the detective and the agency investigate the situation and you know even through the funeral he approaches uh omni man because he you know dark damien knows that he's something's up with him uh he visits the house checks with the wife i mean it's just a lot of things so that's where the first three episodes is going and i gotta say i am enjoying every bit of it and i'm really this is one of those things i i really wish i got into this but now i have a reason to invest in this comic because this series is really breathtaking it's action pack it's comedy it, it, the characters are really well done uh i like where this is going i don't i see a love triangle going between mark amber and eve going on here so that's going to be interesting as to whether uh he's going to tell amber that he's invincible or is he going to have this have two relationships with eve or whatever i don't know where how, it there's a lot of things that are just going to come up and added to that robot what's his deal because now he's the leader of the new guardians of the globe i feel like something's up with him like he's planning something with the agency i don't know there's a lot of twists and turns and a lot of you know b storyline in here that's in, that we're going to be checking out so man if you have amazon video and you have an amazon prime account and you love these shows um you amazon video has been coming up with some really really cool content more a better way better content than they've ever had before they got coming to america they got barat which is being nominated for stuff they had um the uh a lot of great movies that they had um what was that the night uh the, the one that uh regina king did that movie was awesome um just just some really great stuff coming from uh amazon uh video and 
my goodness this is another one quite a way to check out invincible like this i don't want to give this a complete grade but this i'll just say it's a must see because i want to make sure that we go through the entire season to give this a complete grade but so far i give all three episodes combined it would be a quality right now they keep this momentum going see how this goes from here see where this is going to turn out to i think it's inevitable that we're going to see mark face his father and i think this was the, the lead in if you see plus if you see some of the promotions and everything it turns it goes out to be in that direction too so right away to check this out this is a must see for comic book fans and you know image comic book fans should be happy with this so folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live i hope you guys enjoyed this episode i hope you're enjoying everything i hope you're enjoying the metaverse quite anyway this week we got the the naruto panel is up with molly flanagan yuri lawenthal um mary elizabeth mcglynn and kate higgins as they talk about the 20 uh celebrating the anniversary of naruto over there and i will be joining them this saturday for the naruto trivia so and that's going to be live so anything can happen anything can happen <laughs> so you can also be a part of that as well so come in and join us this saturday go to findthemetaverse.com but before we do that i am going to be talking with the cast of pokemon which is Eric Stewart, Veronica Taylor, Rachel Lillis, also known as Misty, Rock, Ash Ketchum, and Team Rockets, Jesse and James. So you don't want to miss that. If you are a fan of that series like I was growing up, you will love talking with uh, this, this Q&A that I have with them. So heartfelt, so awesome, and it, it oozes the friendship and love that they have in the series. It comes out in, in, in real life form there. So go out of your way to check it out. And also, Wednesday, I'm going to be hosting a live Q, um, trivia with them as well. So let's see where your Pokedex, uh, your Pokedex skills is going to be and see how much you know about the genre as well, because we're going to be doing questions based on the anime series, based on the video game and much more. So stay tuned for that. That's also going to be live and that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be my first game show hosting deal. So let's hope I, you know, be on point with that one but i'm looking forward to it it's a lot of fun so stay tuned for all that again go to findthemetaverse.com you can find all of the panel episodes uh in there as well as merchandise and everything going on this is a celebration of anime week for read pop and i could not be happy and honored to be a part of that as well so stay tuned for that um kong godzilla versus kong is out this week so i will be reviewing that as to when i am not sure because i know i've got I, I i may still do it saturday uh i'm sorry sunday or monday because uh i'm going to be going live on saturday and such so i don't know to which uh how that's going to be and it, it'll determine it right there uh select start i may actually have to hold off on that this week in preparation for everything that I'm doing repop. So, but I will be doing, uh, a, I do have a game. I will be reviewing for that as well, but also I do want to announce that the good people at RetroSoft uh, studios, the makers of RetroMania wrestling just announced last night that as of today, you will be able to play RetroMania wrestling on the switch at 12 noon. Uh, EST, uh, Eastern Standard Time, I should say. So 
Finally, those of you who pre-order are going to get a chance to play what I've been playing for quite some time on the PC, and I'm going to get a chance to play this and now get to play this on the go. This is a great wrestling game. This is the standard wrestling game to check out right now until everything else comes out. So uh, you're going to have fun. If you're a wrestling fan, you're going to go out of your way and, and enjoy this. So not only will you enjoy that, you should enjoy this show every week. Something new all the time. Never a dull moment here. Go to TalkTimeLive.com to follow this episode and every episode and other announcements coming along the way. Um, you can also check out our exclusive interviews with some of the best in all things anime, comics, movies, and games on our exclusive page. Uh, if you want to subscribe and download, never miss a beat of an episode, you can go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pandora, and Pocket Cast, among other ones that I probably don't even know about that I'm on. Uh, but you could you could find it on all of your major podcast pl um, platforms there. So, folks, thank you again. It has been an honor and is always honored to talk to you about our favorite fandom. So that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.